Holly G with the Golf Insiders. We are at the King's Kingdom this week. Yes, it's the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Arnie's Bay Hill Club and Lodge. Now a designated event and a lot of news breaking yesterday in the press room about the PG Tours new schedule for 2024 and to break it all down with us, Bob Herrig from SI.com. Good morning, Bob. Hello. Thank you. Before we get into that, I want to just briefly, because it really plays into the background of, of the whole uh, story yesterday, uh, let's just review for a few minutes what happened on Sunday at Honda. Uh, Chris mm-hmm. Kirk winning after, what was it, seven years? Uh, he's been fighting back against you know some personal issues, which he's been quite open about, his sobriety. It's a very popular win. And... Eric Cole, who knew? Who knew him? Well, a lot of people do now as he took Kirk down to the uh, final stretch on 18 and then just came shy in the playoff after the event. You know, that is what these non-designated events provide the opportunities for. No question. I mean, that might have been like the greatest um thing the tour could have had happen uh, in an event that was lacking star, star power, um, you know, is to have a great finish with a couple of, you know, divergent stories. There was others, too. You know, we had a Monday qualifier in the mix. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was um, for having for having players that, that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily know um, to have that ending a playoff, you know, obviously it was a huge, going to be a huge deal no matter who won. And all that was great, you know, just terrific stuff. And, um, you know, that's one of the things that's, that they need to emerge is, is these events that aren't designated, um, you know, they, there's stories to tell there too. And, um, you know, and they, they need to probably – steer away from too much talk about the field strength because, you know, it's not always – there could be a great a great field and the, and the tournament might still be a dud. Exactly. And what's really interesting uh, that for Cole, this was like a teenage dream of his to get into the Arnold Palmer tournament because he grew up and is best buddies with Sam Saunders. Arnie's grandson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's got a lot of experience at Bay Hill. He's played it a lot. I think his, his um, I don't know, for a time, they, they, his family was members at uh, at Bay Hill. So, And then, you know, when things weren't going so great for him, he caddied for Sam for, for a time. So, yeah, it's great. um a great thing for him, I, you know. I don't think he's in the Bay Hill without win or without that great finish, and um, so kind of another neat story this week. Yeah, and interestingly, Sam has been, I guess, battling some back issues. He's back on the Corn Ferry Tour and said this win by Eric has given him new, you know, motivation. <laughs> yeah, it should. 
I mean, that's a great story. There's a guy that he knows, probably somebody he knows that he can beat, right? And, he, and has done so many times, and and uh, and now now he could. Now that he saw that success, I mean, you know, that, frankly, that ought to probably inspire a bunch of people, you know, because, um, hey, if he can do it, why can't I? All right. Well, let's get to the big news, which was uh, in terms of the uh, new look for the PGA Tour schedule in 2024, uh, more limited field, no cut events. Uh, can you break this down for us, Bob, the nuts and bolts? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the news broke yesterday and, and, and basically has been confirmed because, um, uh, you know, we I know I did, a lot of media people saw a memo that Jay Monahan, the tour commissioner, had sent to the players basically outlining how it's going to work. And, you know, we've... We've basically got 17 elevated events or, or uh, uh, this year. They, you know, they, 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 call, they don't call them elevated events, but, you know, there's 17 of these, just like the Arnold Palmer. And then there's three that you're expected to play that are not elevated, but that you choose for a total of 20. Basically, next year it's going to 16. It's one less but it's it's still the the uh, the four majors and the players would be five. The three playoff events would be eight. Um, the Century Tournament of Champions is nine. The three Invitationals: um, Genesis, Arnold Palmer, Memorial gets you to twelve. And then there's going to be four more that have not been announced yet. They'll replace the four that we have this year that are supposed to rotate. So like this year it was Phoenix. We're also going to have RBC Heritage, Wells Fargo, and Travelers. So those are going to get subbed out with four others. So those are the elevated events. The the big news, though, or designated events, the big news, though, is that apparently every one of them is going to be no cut. Um... Now, they haven't offered a lot of details on that, and I'm not sure how you would one – of, one of the rumored events is Pebble Beach. How does that become a no-cut 80-player field? Wow. You know, I mean, that is, to me, problematic. What if it had been Phoenix? Going to make that a shortened field, no-cut? I mean, th- th- this, is, this is highly controversial, what they're doing. Um, and frankly, you know, in some ways, you know, in some circles, as you know, you saw a lot of reaction. Um, the the live the live golf league is sitting there, kind of, you know, laughing because they were widely panned for having all of their events be small fields and no cut, and now the tour is possibly going to a system that's similar. Obviously, it's not all the PJ Tour events, but the ones I just outlined, um, if I'm not mistaken, we would be having 11, 11 no-cut events. So um, it's, uh, it's a lot, and it's sort of surprising, frankly, because the way it's going this year, I think, is working. Um, it's, it's working nicely, you know, 
Uh, why I would, would you want to like shrink the Bay Hill tournament down to 80 players from 120? Might well, be. I know why because everybody who's in it then is assured of getting paid. And if you're in, if you're in them, it's a, you know, if you if you make 10 tournaments with minimum purses, I don't know what the minimums will be, but you're talking about kind of what Liv is doing, you know, the the, the guarantees. <clears throat> there's a lot more to this, how you qualify. You know, there's going to be some players on the outside looking in. You could do a rough estimate, three to 400 playing opportunities are possibly lost. Um, so uh, it's uh, <laughs> as this plays out, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, what the reaction is. Well, is this true form for the PJ Tour? Uh, you know, they number crunch this stuff and run their models, as they say. And I forget what term they said they used, churn, uh, in terms mm, of, right. you know, the players, Rory mentioned, that overall they said that this is, you know, going to benefit more players. In particular, he was talking about the way the schedule will be in terms of the number of non-designated. If you, and I, you know, thought he made a good point. You know, if you're a guy that gets hot for a few weeks, you know, you're going to be rewarded for that. Yeah, I mean, look, there are some things about this that make a lot of sense. Um, for one, like, just take take Honda, you know, since we were just talking about it, it was last week. Didn't have any top 15 players, um, only eight of the top 50 in the world, I think. Um, the reasoning that's being used here is, if you have full field events at Phoenix, um, Riviera, then this week and obviously next week, you're never going to get any of those guys to play the Honda. If all these tournaments around it only have 80 player fields, now you've got guys who wouldn't be getting into necessarily all of these tournaments who are going to show up at Honda. You know, so in other words, they might not be top 10 players in the world but they might be some really good players because a guy can't play every week. And if he's playing in the four tournaments that surround Honda, well, now you've just increased the, that, the likelihood that you're going to get somebody outside, you know, from that 70 or that 80th spot on, right? And some of those people might be really good players who just didn't make it into the uh, designated events. So there's a suggestion that, you know, these off weeks, so to speak, will have stronger fields. Also, they're going to keep a, a points list between events. So, like, if you had X number of regular events before a um, designated event, the X number of players from those events would be able to get in based on how they did. So, in other words, it, it's very, very uh, likely that a guy like Eric Cole with a second-place finish last week would have gotten in this week based on that. So they are going to reward doing well, uh, you know, in the lead-up to these tournaments. Correct. I think it's the top five players. <clears throat> right. The top five, other, not, you know, like say – now, I don't know if they might – in, in this case, just do the top five from the Honda or because obviously 
there'll have been two elevated events before it. Right. And so, you know, like you, like they might have a points list from and, if you and use this if you use this year's schedule, you'd go Sony, um, uh, Amex, uh, 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 Tory Pines. Uh, and then, uh, I guess, Pebble Beach, those four tournaments would become kind of a, a mini qualifier for the next two right. designated events. There'd be like accrued points, if you will. Right. And so, and, and, you know, I get that. That makes sense. There's also, you know, top 10 FedEx. It's, it's the top 50 from the previous year who got to, to made it to the BMW Championship. So there's a lot of incentive in FedEx Cup points down the stretch, not just to get in the playoffs, but to get to the BMW, because those 50 guys are going to be exempt for all the designated events the next year. So then another 10 would come from the current FedEx Cup standings to that point, you know, not, you know, guys not, not otherwise in. So that could go 30 deep, say. So that gets you to 60 players. And then I think they said five, um, five off the, you know, this little points accrual thing. Right. And, and then, and then there's also sponsor invites, four of them. And so this is why they're saying between 70 and 80. I think they're leaving themselves a little leeway there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's not like you're totally shut out. I mean, uh, and that's important, I think, to note. I mean, th- th- there are some good things about that. Um, th- th- I think what the, the issue most people have is is maybe not so much the field size, but it's more the fact that, you know, there's not going to be a cut. I mean, if I were them, I would at the very least make the Invitationals 100 players, you know, and have a cut. Back in the day, the Arnold Palmer and the Memorial were, were 105. And there came a time when the tour made them increase it to 120 to give them, to give more playing opportunities. True. And um, so now they're talking about going the other way, like drastically. You know, like if this week's tournament only had 80 players, I you know, I just wonder what Arnold Palmer would think of that. You know, I just not you know does he want you know part part of the part of the um, you know, sort of the allure of, of a tournament like this is, is, you know, you have a you have a lot of guys teeing off on Thursday and Friday, you know, and um, uh, it, it creates for a better atmosphere. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Um, well, Rory, as we know, who's you know been uh, had the had the tour these through this past year on his shoulders. Uh, he said, I'm all about rewarding good play. I want to give everyone a fair shake at this, which I think this structure has done. Uh, there are ways to play into it. It's trying to get the top guys versus the hot guys, right? I think that creates a really compelling product. So uh, there, there was a lot of conversation about that. And then the flip side of it is how this will uh, resonate with the fans, right, Bob? Because we've talked about that, you know, about the fact that now fans will be able to, with these no-cut events, see the top players. Uh, So, you know, there's the flip side of the coin with cut, no-cut, right? That, uh, again, it's about having a 
uh, compelling product that the fans can count on as well in terms of when they're coming out to see their favorite players. Listen, that's a good good point and a good part, a big part of this year. You know, I mean, now the, the, the difference, the interesting thing for next year is, you know how they're, they're required to play 19 of the 20. Right. Um, there's been no mention of adding three tournaments like they're doing this year. Um, but it also says there's no there's no requirement to play them. So in theory, a guy could skip um, these tournaments. Now, the, obviously, they're banking on you wanting to play no-cut events. Uh, but it's not... It's not 100% that you have to. Like, pretty much you know that everybody is going to be here this week. And my guess is is everybody's going to play these tournaments and support them. Um, but you don't necessarily have to. You could have a situation where, for whatever reason, and I don't mean to pick on this week, but let's just say that a guy thought, you know, I got such a heavy load coming up, and, and we've already had I'm going to skip Bay Hill. I don't like the course or whatever. Unlike this year, where you're allowed only one opt-out, that's not a that's not going to be the case. But the idea that these tournaments will attract all the top players is is in theory really good in that we've never been able to really count on the top players being somewhere before, and this new system is giving us that. And, you know, Max Holmes cited it again. It's something that Rory said last year, which no longer applies, but did at the time. He said, when I go to a Tampa Bay Bucks game, I know I'm going to see Tom Brady. You know, with us, you never really knew for sure. Um, and Yeah, and Max, to- Max talked about also, he's got a really good buddy who uh, he said he's gotten tired of <laughs> him asking him, hey, is Rory playing this week? Is Rory playing this week? And so it just shows you that, you know, these these guys have their ear to the ground as well. No question. Yeah, you know. Now, listen, we know going into the week who's playing. But if you wanted to buy a ticket two weeks in advance, three weeks in advance, you really aren't sure. No. You know, so... Um, now we pretty much know that this tournament is going to have all the top players, and that's that's a good thing for the tour to be able to sell, not just to spectators, but to sponsors, um, to TV. You know, the people that are paying them the, the bulk of the money um, also want to know those things. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to kind of hard to blame them in that regard I, I i the only controversial part of all this to me is the is the cut thing now the tour has traditionally had a lot of no cut events um but you know when you when you put it uh the, the way it is right now in the schedule from january through august there's only five and three of them are the playoff events you know it's century and the match play and we're not going to have the match play next year at least not in its current form so there's there's four, but then if you add in the three invitationals, you're up to seven, and you add in the you know the other four that we don't know of. Now you're up to eleven, and I don't know is that too many? Um, it's um, it, I think it, you, we're going to see a lot of back and forth on that. 
there were a number of questions in the press room uh, where the leadoff question about all this came right back to Liv. Obviously, this was all accelerated by Liv. So if there is a cup half full out of this whole Liv controversy, it forced the tour to really look at its product. Not only that, but looking at, listening to these guys, many of them who are now on the player advisory board, uh, they've got some really smart cookies driving the tour from a player perspective. Whereas in the past, I'm not so sure that was the case. Yeah, listen, they're, you know, they've, they, uh, you know, Homa said, first of all, Cantley's quotes were great about, or his comments about, you know, we were forced to innovate because of live. Uh, having competition, you know, it's easy to not do anything when you don't have it. Right. And, you know, the thing is, is, you know, there's there's a lot of chatter that Cantley was one who Liv courted heavily, and and he considered it heavily, you know. And so um, there's a guy who I think kind of understands, you know, you know, why aren't we doing some of those things? You know, we don't need to have shotgun starts in 54 holes, but, you know, there's nothing wrong. You know, Liv, Liv decided that they were going to compensate the stars, you know, that they made it clear that, and, and, and a lot of players and agents have bought into the idea that they're undercompensated. You know, Liv did it in the terms of massive upfront payments. The tour now, which can't do that, is doing it in the form of events with guaranteed money because there's going to be no cut. And you can argue that they should have probably done this sooner. You know, um, yeah, the, and threat of, the threat of live and, and a rival league has been there for a long time. And the tour, you know, only did this after they launched. You know, maybe this never happens if, if they had done something like this sooner. Easy for me to say, right? But um, I think there's some evidence to suggest that that's, uh, you know, that's the, the, I think it's a fair statement that maybe, you know, and maybe a lot of guys don't go if they know that there's the, 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 the product they're going to be part of, uh, you know, is going to compensate them better. Yeah, absolutely. And I, especially, I, I think it, at some point this would have been forced to change just based on everything that's happening in the world of sports, right? Um, in terms of, of just, you know, creating a, a level field of compensation, being that the players are the product, right? And if you look at Patrick Cantley and think about that run he went on a couple of years ago, you look at someone like Cameron Young um, last year, you know, how this new system would, Im would impact them. And that's the future. Yeah, and, yeah, and if, if you're having a, a good season and you weren't in, um, you're, you're going to be able to get in. And, and look, you know, there's this whole thing, well, what if, what if a guy has a bad year and, he, you know, he doesn't make it to 50, you know? Well, that's where those four sponsor invites come in, you know? You think if Rory slipped that, that the following year he wouldn't be in a bunch of these tournaments anyway, you know? Right. Um, look, it leaves an opening if a guy like Tiger wanted to play. Um, 
because one thing that came out that was interesting is like if you if you win the uh, oh you know the Honda Classic Chris Kirk that means he has a two year exemption beyond this year right he's exempt for the rest of this year and then for 2024 and 25 it's one of the one of the best perks of winning in, in addition to getting the Masters and the Century you you've got basically two plus years of job security. It doesn't give you job security for these designated events. It does that year. You're in the tournaments that year, but you're not in them the following year unless you're in that top 50. Now, if you win that year, you're in, but you're, you know, so winning does not give you a full exemption into all these tournaments beyond the year that you're in. So, um, you know, that's interesting. Of course, you're still exempt for all the others, and that means you have the opportunity to play your way in. So, um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see the first time that occurs. You know, um, winning a tournament puts you in a great spot to be able to be in the top 50 for the next year, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee it, you know, because you still are going to have to probably perform at that first playoff event to make sure. You know, this is if you don't do anything else the rest of the year. And, um, you know, there could be some some winners who are on the outside looking in next year. Obviously, they're going to get in the tournament champions because that gets you in there. A win gets you in, but not necessarily the other ones. Rory said it. Winning is really important on this tour and good play and rewarding that. So in the end, I think that's kind of sums up what they hope this new schedule will provide. No doubt. Yep, I agree. So let's talk about the tournament, Bob. <laughs> we have uh, 27 out of the top 30. And I have to say, there was a renewed uh, buzz at the tournament and has been over the last couple of days because we have the best of the best. This field is loaded. Give my listeners a sense of of uh, how this week is going to unfold. Well, you know, 44 of the top 50 is the best number for that since the Open last year. You know, so it's, it's deep, too. It's pretty deep. So, um... And, you know, Scotty Scheffler's the defending champion. The weather's a heck of a lot different than it was a year ago. You know, he won a tournament in really kind of blustery, chilly conditions on a golf course that got really difficult. He was only four under to win. That's rare. Um, they're saying that the rough isn't quite as difficult as it was a year ago. Um, doesn't look that easy to me. No, no. <laughs> you know? And they were already saying uh, that the greens were getting spicy. Look, I, you know, I think we're in for another good week. You know, it's it it's is going to it is going to blow tomorrow, Bob. They said gusts up to thirty miles an hour, which will make it really interesting. So, um, yeah, it's it's. I think it's going to be a great test. It's it's what it's what this tournament should be. I think some events, you know, should be a little easier. Um, uh, you know, let them have at it. You know, we see that a bit in Phoenix. Um, you know, Riviera is what it is. It's it's a good, solid test. Um, it's good to have a tough one this week. And then, you know, the Players' Championship is 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 also one where, you know, the conditions, the weather can really dictate. But uh, uh, I, I think it's going to be fun, this one. 
Well, we know the winner gets to put on the uh, famous red Arnie cardigan on Sunday. So throw your dart. Who do you think it's going to be? I'm going with a past winner, Terrell Hatton. Oh! Um, and, um, you know, he hasn't done a lot this year, but he's been pretty good here. And, um, uh, He'll know how to play playing. in the wind tomorrow, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. He played with Tiger in the final round at the Genesis. He didn't have a great tournament there. Um, but um, So you think he's trending? You know, well, we'll see. <laughs> I just I just sort of have this hunch. Um, doesn't necessarily mean anything, but uh, I, I kinda I just sort of like him this week and and uh, you know, I think guys who've done well around here and you know, they understand that, um, you know, and you know, Hatton's a little fiery, but you you, you got to kind of keep your emotions in check to do well here. And the balls are in the air as we speak. So uh, the next four days, always a big, big event here for Central Florida, the city of Orlando, and, of course, all those dollars uh, that get raised for charity for Arnie's Army and uh, – the Arnold Palmer and Winnie Palmer Hospitals. So such a such a fun event here right in our backyard, Bob. As always, we appreciate your time. Bob Herrig, SI.com. Thanks so much.